it, it the way I look at it, and this is a, a dialectical materialism, which is basically this, right? You go to your job. You want, and this is very simple, you want to make as much money as possible for as little time spent working as possible, right? That That's like yeah. as the laborer, you don't want to get ripped off. Your right. boss wants you to make as little money possible for as much money possible. And the capitalist right. system says, like, that's good. That's a good boss. You can turn it over to your share owners and maybe it'll trickle down. Who, who knows, right? But that that dialectic, right, means that at a certain point and in certain ways, there can't be collaboration. You just fundamentally want different things. And so when I look at Congress or when I look at the, the way the media covers things, I, I like you said, it was it, a couple rich rich cranks and, and like three huge Viacom like mega corporations that own every bit of food and TV you watch and everything in the world. If all of them own all the TV companies, I'm not sure any of them are on my side of that dialectic. I'm pretty sure all of them are on the boss's side of the dialectic yeah, and I don't see right. a whole lot of people in either party preventing me on the labor side from getting screwed. And what really scares me is some of these right wing guys are starting to pretend like they care. I mean, Trump was successful because you know, he pretended like he understood what you were going through. He's a psycho. Of course, yeah. everyone knows we just yeah. watched this clown show for a while, but I, I think really uh, at least like the listeners here, uh, they they have a hard time believing that the vast majority of either party, even understanding that the Dems, you know, are way less racist and do at least talk about, they acknowledge that climate change is real, but my God, the bar is so low compared to how much people are hurting right now and how much it seems yeah. like they're all, they're both on the boss side, not on the human being side. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it really, you can, it, it, it to be fair, to the whole idea of you know capitalistic democracy is that it did work for a long time and a lot of this stuff can be traced. I was just reading to Robert Reitz today that uh, oh boy, yeah, he's <laughs> my man there. But they they in 1980, from 1980, remember when productivity went up, wages went up, and after that, what what happened in 1980? The conservative revolution, Ronald Reagan, and the Republicans took over, and they're philosophy of give everything to business and hope some of it trickles down where before that it did work it, you know things the as things got better for the big business things got better for the worker but they set out the 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 rich people the big you know the big one percenters and the corporations they set out on purpose you know like you go all the way back to the robber barons you know what i mean they could what 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 could control you know what could get between them and their profits? Well, the unions, their employees could all come together and screw them. You know, one more of the chair, their share. Well, they busted the unions. You know, what else could do it? Well, the government could make laws. Well, then they just bought the government straight out. But mm -hmm. what could get what could get the, the once in a while the you know the the uh, Republicans the the uh, politicians would you know break loose there on the Republicans and they go what that, what caused that? Well, that was the media got the people all excited and. It, you know, the one thing politicians care about more than money is their vote to stay in power and get more money. You know, so then they went after the media and they bought it and they've controlled it. So, you know, this doesn't have to be this way. And and these people that talk about socialism, 
you know, they're entirely wrong. They're going to wind up getting more socialism because, like I said, my idea would be that, you know, if you're a profitable corporation like, say, Walmart, if you don't give 31% or 33% of your gross to your labor, we're going to tax the crap out of you until it equals. Because right now, we subsidize the Walton family, who are billionaires, but 40% of Walmart workers take food stamps. Yeah, don't you think that well, if I you do that— Why am I 12 bucks an hour? Why should I be subsidizing the Waltons? No, that, that's 100% true, right? Now, now the, know, issue, the issue, though, uh, the issue I would say, and this may be the immediate one, is yeah that that's social democracy that's that's like maybe the the warren and, and bernie thing right which is okay uh, let us please establish a fair standard of living and that that sounds realistic right like can we please yeah. can i please fucking eat a turkey this thanksgiving sir that's like oliver twist shit right but let's have a floor if not a ceiling but here is the here is the once you zoom out a little bit that looks good in micro but you go okay guarantee x percent of any publicly traded company whatever has to go to the workers that would certainly be a huge step forward from where we are now but the same right. root disease is still there right which is if the waltons still get 70 percent of the income they can do what the Koch brothers did and they can make their next investment in media and then they can hire right. a fleet of lobbyists and then they right. get control of the government and that system that cycle will happen perpetually because that is the nature of this particular system. Like that is the churn. It's like as long as even... as long as you're sending all of the money up, we talk about democracy, right? You know, oh, right. democracy is so important. The one place we have absolutely no democracy is everywhere we're spending all of our days fucking working our asses off, right? It's the actual making the money and getting food on the plate. No democracy when it comes to that. And the decision seems to already have been made for us that we got to kick it all up forward to the fucking mob bosses who that make it even harder to argue next time. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's one thing you already said. We'd all be, we, you know, if you were making 30000 now, you'd actually be making 61000 if things had stayed the same. Things did stay the same. What, what changed is that you know, Citizens United and all that, and all these discussions come down to one thing is that we got to have we got to have financial campaign finance reform. There's too much money in politics, which, you know, I say one thing, this is on the side before we go on to this, you know, all these people that talk about socialism, they, they always mention Venezuela and Cuba and all these places, but they don't mention like Germany and all these social democracies that are actually quite successful. Also, you know, you'll Sweden, notice that the, the Norwin, places, yeah, they know, don't name the, the, the Norwegian shit and Sweden. And yeah, all, that. all the Scandinavian countries. These, these are social democracies. France is social democracy. All of them, even England is social fun, democracy. Fun fact, you know I mean? well, I wouldn't say they're social democracy now under the Tories so much as they just have a, they're cons I would say they're Tory conservative, but they yeah. have enough uh, of a social safety net left over from when they had a real labor uh, uh, power in their country and was able to set it out. Now, look, they're looting it left and right, so they're becoming more like America, frankly, with America's right, help. Right. But that's because there was a brief moment where people were like genuinely afraid of socialism. And so they had to, it's like the Tea Party. They had to make concessions in their capitalist society so that people wouldn't just go full on like, 
wait a second, all my money's being kicked up to the fucking bosses who then buy out the government. Fuck you. And so they had to go like, okay, 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 well, hold on. You know what? We've got a lot of colonies where we're extracting a lot of wealth. What if we share some of it with you and we give you some Mm health care and we give you, hey, look, we got a brand new train system. And, you know, the unions were were well positioned. They were organized because there was class consciousness. And they went, okay, well, we'll take some of that. I will briefly, before we move on, I I basically agree with, with you pinning our rapid decline around the 80s. I might... I might go a little bit further back. Um, I might go back to Carter, actually, because, you know, you well, say... Well, 76 to 80, so it's... Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> I'm going, like, one step back, basically. But yeah. I, I would say that... And I'm not. I'm certainly not the only person saying this, and I, I could be wrong, but you're like, yeah, you know, things were going good. We are kicking this money around. Um, you know, everyone got uh, everyone got a decent share of the pie, because the pie right. was fucking enormous. And we've talked about this before, right? Like, how did we get such an enormous pie here in America? And there's a lot of things that went into it, right? It wasn't the magic of our uh, our economy. It was just like, after the World Wars, everyone was pretty much fucked. And we were in a great position. You know, we were dominating everybody. And yeah, so we have tons of coal and steel and natural yeah, oil are you kidding? and natural we, resources. We are, that's the most insulting thing about American governance. Japan doesn't even have wood. This is <laughs> this is literally fucking like uh, God's bounty is this country. There's no place on uh, earth that's more fucking bountiful in everything. And we got the oceans protecting us from outside. You could not so if you were playing <laughs> if you were playing a strategy game. They'd have to ban America because it would be too strong. Like, right, like, right. So here's after the wars, you know, we're all doing good. We had a weaker labor group than, um, you know, England and some of these countries. And so we didn't quite mm-hmm. get as much, but it didn't matter that much. And after Port Huron and, and, you know, the hippies and all that, a lot of stuff got uh, incorporated into the NLRB uh, and, and like the labor movement became a, a department of government. And, you know, there was still enough going around. There was the GI Bill. You could just yeah, get a Democrats, home. Of course. Democrats did all of that. 40-hour week, paid vacations, all that. Came yeah, you, you, they had to make these concessions because, uh, A, there were actual hippies out there. And people forget about this, but there were hundreds of domestic terror incidents during the Vietnam War. People were throwing bombs left and right there were the weathermen there was fucking all of the culture was just like fuck you you, oh, you yeah. were there like people the there were biker gangs people that weren't putting up with that shit yeah i know pretty well and on top of it their their wallets were so fucking full that it wasn't a big deal to rip off a little bit and pay people off and take them into government and go all right okay we're sitting pretty that's we'll just buy them off for now well so, another lesson they yeah another another lesson they learned was that you know after world war ii the middle class got so fat and sassy like i said my generation growing out in the 60s was like we didn't have to follow our fathers right into the factory immediately we had they we were there was enough wealth in the middle class for us to look around and think for ourselves and go to junior college for a while maybe find ourselves you know and when they said well you know, go to Vietnam and kill somebody you don't even know. It's like, no. Fuck you. you know? <laughs> so that they realized that you can't have a, the middle class be too prosperous because then they'll be too well educated. So yeah. what do they do? They, the federal funds for the federal share of education in the states have gone down every year since then. You know, they, they're, we're less educated. They keep us jobs scared. There's two people have to work. They say household income now. They don't say income. 
So, you know, I say, I told you before, we talked about this, my dad's the generation. If you had to, if your, if your old lady had to go out to work, you were some kind of loser who couldn't support your family. Now it's like you need two incomes or you're not going to get anywhere. You know, so they, yeah, they there's a, there's a, I, wish I think I had... they definitely turned the screws on that. So we wouldn't have the, yes. the money or the time or the education to be rebellious, to there... see what they were doing and say, no, we don't want to put up with that. There's a great and graph. I don't have it in front of me, but it's work. It says percentage of the overall American wealth owned by generational cohort, right? And and by mm-hmm. age, right? So it's like, well, what did a baby boomer generation, how much what percent did they have at age 20, 30, 40, whatever? And I'm not I'm just riffing the numbers here. It was a huge difference, obviously. I don't know the exactly. Right, right. But like it was something that like as a 20 to 30 year old baby boomer you know, they had 38% of the country's wealth. And then, you know, like most of it went to the, you know, the people in their primes and the older people, they, they had, you know, their savings, but you know, they had the depression hit them back in the day. So they had less da, da, right. da. the, the millennial generation has something like 6% of the total American <laughs> wealth, despite being the big, like if well, there's a million of this, well, a million, that's, that's how dumb I am. There's a bazillion of us, right? <laughs> we're the prime generation now. Like we're in our thirties and forties and we still have like a fraction of the percent of what a 20 year old boomer with a motorcycle and a dream had. Like there is no middle class. Like people, I know we can't I even get homes. Poor. I could work four months during the, the, the summer, you know, four months construction and make enough money to go to senior college for eight months. Yeah, I have to I have, to, I have to choose that nowadays. <laughs> I have to choose between you don't think I'd like to ride around on a triumph motorcycle and see the country? I can't do oh, that shit. Fun. Oh yeah, thank you. I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> Just rolling around, rolling <laughs> into town. In California surfing. Yeah, that was fun. Pop open the <laughs> pop open the classifieds of the local paper. Be like, yeah, I could do that job for a month, and then that'll be enough for the next six months of road hogging. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's oh, just, yeah. It's, it's unimaginable. Yeah, but, yeah I know they they've worked. It's worked for them. They really dumbed everybody down. Uh, they kept us all job scared, and now nobody wants to do anything. We're getting a little bit of a bite back because, like I say, they never know when to stop. They always want to go too far. You know, when people are two weeks, the average American, there's no middle class anymore. It's all working class. If you're two weeks yeah. away from being broke, you know, you see those food lines out in California or mm-hmm. Arizona somewhere, it was like out the, you know, the ridiculous amount. Yeah, I, I love know, it. I love that. People just, they you keep can... trying. They just put their nose down, you know, they put their heads down. It's like what they call a stiff upper lip or quiet yeah. determination. You know, we keep hanging in there, but we're really getting screwed and it's time to do something about it. 